Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Welcome back to Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie. And for this week's episode, we have Kate, who is an entrepreneur and she focuses on sex education and sex wellness. So we're going to get a little spicy on today's episode. Kate's going to share her journey and her misadventures during that journey. So Kate, can you give us a little bit of your background, who you are, kind of what got you to this point? Yeah, absolutely. So Hello, everyone. Um, Like was said, I am an entrepreneur and a sex educator. And honestly, to be really, really, really blunt, I really stumbled into this. So at this point, um, my company is called Passion by Kate. We're an educational platform for pleasure and sexual freedom. But the journey here, I just literally someone on my college campus was selling sex toys through one of those MLMs and was like, I think you'd be really good at this. And I basically, after about, you know, a year of being a tease and saying no, was like, okay, why not? I need some (laughs) extra money. Let's do this. (laughs) Um, I, I did not at the time, I really went into it thinking like, oh, this is a way to make some quick cash. Great. I did not foresee it completely altering the course of my life, the course of my career. At the time, I was dead set on going to medical school. I got in, I I applied, I got in, I ultimately decided not to go and to focus instead on public health and sexual wellness. And so that's kind of where where we got to. And it was a lot of, quite frankly, saying (laughs) yes to opportunities before I felt ready. And just someone would be like, oh, do you offer this? And I was like, mm-hmm, Google, 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 Google. <laughs> um, Yeah, and last, you know, and then last year, we rebranded, shifting from being, again, more of a kind of coaching brand to being more of this educational platform because for the past 10 years, that's what I've just been seeing as is such a need, is a place where people can go and get trusted information, resources, and just the affirmation, quite frankly, that they're normal, that their desires are okay, and the confidence to speak up and ask for what they want. Awesome. Love that. And I think a little part of that story was missing. What kind of college were you going to? Mm, Catholic college. Oh, okay. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little bit missing. Yeah, is that a Catholic college? a little important. <laughs> got into a little, little spot of trouble. But actually, you know, I look back and I, I have to laugh because even, so for the two years after I graduated, I was living just on the other side of, of the state and it was Massachusetts. So we're not talking Texas, right? Um, and so for two full years after I graduated, I would go back one weekend a month to do events. And most of the residence life staff knew, (laughs) like a lot of people knew, and it was very much, it was very much like, don't ask, don't tell. And like, (laughs) I was in, I was good friends with all the resident assistants, with all the RAs. So if they were doing rounds, they would let me know who was on. And if it was like someone who was a little stricter, who was on, we would, you know, put stuff away before they came through. So I looked back and I was like, we had this kind of whole underground Thing going on. At so a you were dealing method. sex toys. Yes. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Sex toy dealer. Yes. Kind of. Like and like and like I said, we had residents, life staff on board, knew the RAs, knew 
everyone kind of knew who I was and what I was doing. <laughs> and a lot of people were just like, well, we can't endorse this. So we're going to tell you that you're not supposed to, but then we're kind of going to just look to the other side because we recognize we're all educators and we recognize the need for this. So yeah, it's, I sometimes look back and I'm just like, holy shit, I did that. <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah. I kind of ran like a, a not so underground like sex story. <laughs> ring <laughs> to call it um and it wasn't without consequences i did lose one of my leadership positions um through campus ministry through for volunteer work because mm. someone someone tattled on me and I, I to this day don't know who it is but they felt the need to like tell them and they, they were like, just mad that they their yeah, toys weren't working they like they, they were just to mad. get some <laughs> one of kesha's new songs she i think the lyric is like i love singing fuck it on my songs because the only people who are bothered or those who've never gotten some or, or those who need to get some. And I'm like, mm -hmm. yes, I co-signed. Um, so yeah, so it wasn't without consequences, but for the most part, it was really accepting. And I'm really grateful for that because it's given me a bit more of an optimistic view on this world. And there's, you know, talking about sex, particularly not being a white man with a VC funded uh, company talking about erectile dysfunction medication. Yeah. Um, there are so many barriers to us as entrepreneurs in this space with that one exception, literally, it's very specific. Um, <laughs> we can't advertise, we can't, you know, there's just so, so many restrictions. So it feels, I'm grateful that those kind of early formative entrepreneurial experiences were like, you got to work within the system you're in and you got to make it work no matter what. Love that. Love that. And so let's talk a little bit more about, you know, what made you decide to do like the rebrand to more education? Talk a little bit more like what are, you know, I know you were selling the toys and you were like mm -hmm. doing coaching. Yeah. Um, what else were you doing? And like what made you decide to rebrand to more like calling it like sex, sex education? Yeah. Was it just a time? Like what, what happened? Yes. Just yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I... The, there's a couple of pieces to this. So in 20, 2016, I got really, really sick. And we're, we're getting deep now. Um, 2016, I got really sick. And at the same time, I started working with a business strategist who um, I also call my personal witch slash business dom because she fills all of those roles <laughs> in my life. And I think everyone should have a business dom slash personal witch slash strategist. Um, like not afraid to crack the whip on me when I really need it and when I'm spiraling, right? And we all get in our heads, right? It's no way not to. And so she's, she's like not afraid to be like, stop. <laughs> yes, yes ma'am. Um, and so one of the first questions she asked me at the time, right? So I'm sick. I'm not really working on my business. I'm mostly homebound. We're trying to figure out a, a medication regimen that's going to give me my fucking life back. Mm -hmm. And one of the question, first questions she asked me was, do you want to be the face of this company? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't. She's like, so we need to start moving away from that. And basically the rebrand took place in drips and drabs over the course of four years to the point that when we actually like relaunched, a lot of people were like, I don't, what's the difference? Like your website's pretty, but what's the difference? Which was a little disappointing, right? Because I was mm -hmm. like, no, but, I've but also means that we did it right. It means because we, we started by shifting the content and having it be less personal stories and more, here's information that you need. Here's information that's going to actually help you. Because mm. at the end of the day, that's what people want and need is what, what I have seen in my work, right? Um, and then basically, you know, late 20. 
2018, we started the process of making the visuals on the website match the updated content. Okay. And so that was, it, it really was a four year process. And part of that was because I was healing and not working full time. But the other piece here was once I got these diagnoses, I realized I needed to have a business that could support me even when I wasn't shown be able to show up, right? I wasn't able to do coaching or counseling in that time period because I was so sick and had to focus on my health mm-hmm. and the nature of autoimmune diseases, you know, knock on wood, I'm in a good place. I hope I stay here for a very long time and live a full life. That being said, there are no guarantees. So I need some, I also needed something that's going to support me even when I can't get up and get on the phone with people and do those, do the sex coaching, do the couples counseling. Um, And so that also is behind the rebrand. But that question of, do you want to be the face of your brand? Do you want that more coach lifestyle? And there's no wrong answer. It's no judgment, right? It's, do you want that? Or do you want to be more of, Hey, here's, this thing I've created that's going to support you in all these different areas. And for me that like, as soon as she asked the question, there was no hesitation. I knew exactly what I wanted. And that was that. And I love that. Like you said, figuring out like what makes sense for you because everyone is different and every brand is different. And people have the assumption that if you are a lifestyle brand, that means it has to only be about your life and you can't, there's, there's variations to everything. You can customize and live the life in the way you want to live it. And, you know, we had somebody else on the show was, that was mentioning um, something called life by design. So like, what is your version of what a good, healthy life looks like, whether it's like, you know, in your work, in your personal life. And that's mm. kind of what your company helps people to figure out, like what yeah. specifically in like their sex life, what sex life, mm. what looks good, what feels good, what makes sense yeah. for me versus like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, TV says we should do this. And um, exactly. I wanted to bring up another point that you mentioned in terms of like the advertising and and let's talk to this a little bit how do you feel the um the market is changing when it comes towards like specifically women's um Mm. healthy sexual lives because i know you know different brands like unbound it was like hell and high water to do any type of marketing um mm-hmm. uh, things even the underwear like that was like yeah. a crazy thing to just get like those ads in the yeah. in the train stations like how how is that you know talk, yeah. can you talk to that a little yeah, bit yeah absolutely and i love i love what you reflected back around just the the idea of life by design because yeah it's it's exactly what it is there's no one way to do business there's no one way to have a good sex life um it's all about what works for you Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just figuring it out for yourself. And no one wants that answer, right? No one wants that, but that's the fucking truth. Um, in terms of the market, yeah, you know, we are, I'm very grateful to be living in a time where we are surrounded by so many awesome sex positive, pleasure positive, inclusive brands. It's, it's such a gift. <laughs> it's such a gift. And also it's, I, it's bringing to light all, where all of the issues are. Yeah. Right? It's bringing to light the very, it kind of quite frankly feels like the 2016 election. I kind of hate <laughs> to go here, but right. It's like no, all these issues were here this whole time. And mm-hmm. all that happened is they just got pushed up from the ground. Right. And that's, that's what this advertising bit feels like. And it's interesting because as someone who's been around for over a decade and who was around before Instagram, right. Like who was running a business, Obviously, I've been around. The persona is out of business for more than a decade. You know, the earliest lessons I got were don't rely on social media, word of mouth, you know. And so it's, it's a really interesting juxtaposition because these were issues that I, I was like, well, whatever. 
it's not how I make my money. So I don't, why do I care if I can't advertise? Mm -hmm. You Um, but, but that being said, I also, again, I get it. Like it's all of these issues. Those restrictions have always been there. And now we have companies saying like, Hey, this isn't fucking okay. Just cause it's how it's always been. Yep. It is making it harder for us to do the work we're here to do. Mm-hmm. And for me, right? Like I have to be very particular in the types of support I get because so many business coaches are like, just do ads, just do ads. And I'm like, cool. That's great. Do you know anything about the sexual wellness industry? I'm literally blocked. I cannot. And Facebook keeps being like, here, here's some ad credit. And then they're like, oh, sorry, you can't run <laughs> ads. And I do have a colleague who did it and she had to scrub her entire website. Yep. For like every word. For every, and I'm like, that's, that's ridiculous. So this, you know, the, the, the core of the issue is struggling between sex education and explicit materials. But even within that, right, like you have the Kardashians who post explicit shit constantly, Yep. but then you have a sex worker doing it, or you have a sexual wellness brand doing it, or you have a fat person doing it, a woman of color doing it. And just like, like, oh, blocked by your account's gone now. Yeah. Like, like the little fuzzy, like, do you want to see this content? Click this button. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, sure. Or their you know, accounts are pictures. just getting yeah. shut down. Right. Yep. So even for me, like my Instagram, you know, Instagram claims they don't do shadow banning is yeah, they do. <laughs> they absolutely shadow ban. My account is absolutely shadow banned. Right. Unless you fully type in the full account name, it doesn't come up and it stinks. But for me, again, I'm also like, well, that's not how I've ever really relied on it. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel as impactful for, to me mm-hmm. personally because of that. And also I see and feel deeply that these issues, you know, I'm grateful that we have Unbound and Dame bringing up these issues and they have, right, because they're, they're, because they're backed, they have the capacity and the funding to tackle them in a way that a lot of us who have kind of these self-funded, more mom and pop type Mm -hmm. companies, and I don't say that to be self-deprecating, but I think I really think that's a big part of the reason why we're having this conversation now is because for so long, so many of us were just like, we got to make our money. We're going <laughs> to do what we need to do to make our money. And that's it. And now there are these companies that finally have the capacity in terms of funding, in terms of staff to like say, Hey, let's, let's do this. You know, they have PR firms that can help them with this. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah, and I love to see and that. Frustrating. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a cool time to be living in and seeing how it's changing and seeing how these conversations are becoming so much more normalized and also how much work it goes to do. Yeah, and I think it's allowing also for people to live like their authentic lives, right? You know, because this has been something that was like very hidden and even with like the different laws from, you know, um, um, same-sex marriage being legalized and that was what four years ago five years ago like that's still pretty recent like a lot of these things are so recent but now and they're so normal and when we think just barely 30 40 years ago things that were absolutely illegal that were within yourself like you know whether it was like segregation of you know people of color not being able to use the same water fountains and sit at the same tables to you know same-sex marriages like you get like harmed and killed and like mm-hmm. beat up and now it's like even if you pretend to say anything against that like you're totally canceled and so you know it's it's bittersweet because it took this long but it's also the fact that and it's weird that some people are still against a lot of these things like that the color of my skin or like my orientation does not directly impact the quality of your life so why are you so upset about these things um <clears throat> 
Mm. I recently saw like an article. I don't know if you're familiar with like the the honeypot. Um, like, it's yes, like a big thing going yes. on with Target now. So People could you talk are through that? Freaking out! I know. <laughs> but their sales are up. I saw too. Yeah. So the sales have doubled since. So, but like that, you know, there, cause there's like two, there's two, you know, subsections of that one, like feminine hygiene, feminine products. People are having an issue with that. And like the second subset of that is now like the racial card, the fact that she said, you know, I hope for the next black girl. So now it's like double complicated this, this one scenario. And how do you feel when you see like things like that on like the, the media? Like, how do you think would be a better response for people to like take action and like solving these issues. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And this is where the idea of intersectionality is so important. Cause like you said, it isn't just one issue here. It's multiple issues. We have the racism, we have the sexism, we have the, the misogyny that's freaking out. There's also um, kind of related to this there. I forget what state it was, was arguing that they shouldn't make I'm, I'm blanking on it now, but basically it was around increasing access to period products and they were worried that people who menstruate would like take advantage and like <laughs> pour tamp- uh, tampons and pads. And it was like, what, 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 what? <laughs> yes, I'm going to buy all the pads. Exactly. All like, and I think either reducing the tax, like taking the tax off or making them free in like schools and stuff. And I'm like, listen, if someone's stealing pads from school, they probably fucking need it. So now we're also getting into classes, right? Like class. So like, uh, you know, I just, okay. yeah, it, it was, it was just, it was ridiculous. Google it after. And for everyone watching slash listening, Google it. Cause it's, it's ludicrous, but also this person, like this lawmaker was so serious. Right. And that's really scary. And I think, you know, living in New York, um, being a sex educator, being Unitarian Universalist, I'm constantly in these spaces where like there's a baseline, even my business groups I'm in right now are all very feminist business groups and that was intentional. So there's this baseline of shared values. Mm-hmm. We might not always agree on the specifics. Yeah, I'm thinking of class last night. I'm like, no, we definitely didn't. But we, there's a baseline of values. And with Honeypot, it's just like, why... The whole thing is, it just, it blows my mind. It doesn't make sense. How is it an issue? Um, Why does it matter if she's encouraging, I actually am blanking on the owner's name, right? Like encouraging other people, like now encouragement is seen as a bad thing? Like, okay. I'm really grateful that the sales doubled. I'm grateful that in this case, like the love drowned out the hate. And I think Sometimes that's just what needs to happen, but that's also kind of very Pollyanna-ish, I realize. Um, and it, but in this case, I'm just grateful that people were like, no, we're going to just keep buying their products. And their products are fucking awesome. So <laughs> buy their products. Um, yeah, I think it's just like, let's just fucking support each other and let's do the messy internal work. And I, and I think that's the other thing is we're so these issues are messy because they're in our DNA. Yep. They're in every aspect of society. And one of the, one of the greatest things that I return to again and again from a racial justice course I did through, through church a couple of years ago um, was this idea of both and. And so like white supremacist culture relies on either or thinking, which is fascinating because side note, like I have an eating disorder and with eating disorder, it's all or nothing thinking. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to see like this trickles down into so many places. That's my point. 
right? With sex, it's either, well, they finish and sex ends or I finish, right? Like it's, it's in every aspect of our society. It's either work or pleasure. Yep. Right. And then in an anti-racist society, it's this idea of both and, right? And again, it trickles down into wherever the fuck you want to take it. It literally applies. And once you start looking, you're like, oh, oh, it's not nature or nurture. It's nature and nurture. <laughs> exactly. It's not work or play. It's actually work and play because when you play and when you have pleasure, it makes your work easier. Yep. Right. And so in this case, like, let's just, let's just be encouraging. Like, let's just fucking be encouraging and support this little company that is now has a freaking relationship with Target. Like that should be celebrated. Right. It, you know, so that's, that's why I have to say about that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're coming about to the middle of the um, interview. So I want to talk a little bit about what do you think has been your craziest entrepreneurial misadventure, right? Like the ups and the downs, like, and I think you, you've mentioned a few, um, and if you want to revisit one of those stories, that's fine. But like, what do you mm-hmm. think is like the craziest entrepreneurial misadventure that you've had so far that from outside looking in, or maybe something that you haven't publicly shared that you're okay with sharing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So man, ten, there's 10, <laughs> I got 10 years of them to start up. One of I mean, I count this as a misadventure because it went against the grain. So I hope that counts. That counts. Um, so like I mentioned before, 2016, I was really sick. By the end of the year, I was starting to like kind of, we, we'd found a medication regimen that was helping. And then early 2017, I had a ton, I like booked a ton of shit. And in a matter of by like February or end of January, everything had canceled. I went from having like 10 events to having like, I think maybe one that I was doing for free. and what happened was the emotional piece mm-hmm. of the last year and a half of being so sick um, kind of caught up to me. And I had a just total rock bottom moment, um, kind of precipitated by these cancellations and being like, how am I going to do this? Like, I have no business. My <laughs> health is shit. Like, I, like yeah. what, what is even the point? And so I made the very hard decision to actually take a sabbatical. And mm-hmm. I stepped fully away from my company for several months which even saying it now, I'm like, oh my God, how did I do this? But it's what I really need, right? That need overshot any, anything else. Um, and I was in a place financially where I had like enough coming in to cover some expenses. You know, I also have a partner who was able to support me during that. And so I want to, I want to name those, those pieces of privilege and support because it's not accessible to everyone. Um, and I spent three months watching TV, crying, <laughs> journaling, crying, starting physical therapy, crying. <laughs> lots of crying. <laughs> There's lots and lots of crying. And I came back, when I came back, um, the first thing I did, the end of sabbatical was marked by speaking at Stanford Sex Week and having my first TV appearance. And so it was such a strong reminder, again, of how stepping away and how, is, is so important and of how leaning into needs beyond business, right? It's so, so important and just taking care of ourselves. So it was, again, it was a wild ride and those cancellations, you know, it's still, even just thinking about like that time, it was having that many cancellations in that short of a period of time is, it's devastating. Let's just say it, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's, gonna hit you. Like, and especially after like the year you've already had, right? And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'm good now. I have these events coming up. Like, it's gonna mm-hmm. be great. And then it's like, oh, you would have thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So it was, it was a bit of a wild ride. Um, and I always, I actually recommend sabbaticals to a lot of people, um, if possible, if they're able to take them, like things are really tough. Like, you know, and Alexandra Franzen talks about this too, that how after she showed a really bad accident and had to have like leg surgery. Ooh, ooh I got my little prism here. Oh yeah. You have um, a nice little glare. <laughs> pleasure <laughs> I love my apartment the sun moves through it and so at any time of the day like it looks like a different place and I love it so let me oh, all right well we're, we're I'm just gonna have the halo it, it, um, it works, it works. <laughs> so uh she talked about like for the 12 weeks after surgery she's like my job was to heal and mm-hmm. that was it I was like yeah so you know and it's right that's an example that's a more extreme case for me where like things just didn't go as planned I think the other, some of the other misadventures are when you hope something. So that TV appearance, for example, it was amazing. I loved it. I'm so glad I did it. Not much really changed for me as a result of it. (laughs) I'll be really honest. And I was devastated. And this is where my business strategist kind of had to have a dom moment and be like, you can't control what happens after. You can only control showing up, doing the work, promoting the work. She's like, you can't control what happens after. She's like, so now you have this. And now we, like, quite frankly, you got to move on to the next thing. (laughs) Like, it's okay to be sad, but you got to move the frig on to the next thing, right? Back in the whip. So, you know, those, I had a lot of those moments where I put a lot of stock into like, oh my God, this is going to catapult my business. (laughs) This is going to change everything. And then it's like, crickets. (laughs) Like, right. And those moments, I'll be honest. 10 years, over 10 years and still hit me really, really hard. And that is why, again, it's so important to have support. It's so important for me to have pleasure practices to return to in those moments to reground myself and recenter myself so then I can show up, mm-hmm. right? And I can do, and I can do the work. Yeah, and I love that you mentioned that, like the fact that you work so hard for like an opportunity, you showed up, you did your best. And then afterwards, it's like, and I think in doing that, like I do that as well too, in doing that, right? We put this opportunity on like a pedestal and we have such like high expectations for it when in, in, in like when like looking back sometimes in hindsight, like the opportunity was just that, that was the win. Just getting there was Ooh. the win. Ooh. And there wasn't oh, supposed to be anything soul. specific to come after. It was just like, that was mm-hmm. the win. Like that was the high epitone. And then now, now it's like, okay, now have a new goal, work towards mm-hmm. that. And like that, the journey is like the adventure and like showing up was the win and like just accepting that. And it was like hard for me to do that. Cause it's like, you know, opportunities will come out it's like I did a TED talk I did you know this speaking engagement that's speaking it's like now I'm supposed to be famous right yeah Why yeah you're like this famous? is every, this is gonna get easy now I think one of the best moments <laughs> for me was at blog her the blog her conference a couple years ago and there is um there's a panel of influencers and one of them was um like a fitness influencer that sort I'm like what I was like the workout stuff um <laughs> And I think I have it in my mind that you hit a certain level and like, you don't have to work so hard anymore. Yep, it's a lie. <laughs> As I say it, I'm like, look at it, right? And I remember sitting in the room. I remember like where I was in direction to the stage. Like that is how vivid and impactful mm-hmm. this moment was. As she talked about the fact that she still is pitching companies every Day. And I was like, wait, you don't have to come. Like, I just thought companies start knocking down your door at a certain point, begging to work with you. And, you know, to your point, to that point, yet that stuck with me. She was also the influencer. And I love this. She made up an assistant 
because it gave her the like confidence to pitch places with and like have a little bit of separation from it and have it not be so emotional. And um, yeah, and I even for me, like last year with the rebrand, it didn't go exactly how I wanted it to by what I had in my head even though many other people were like, that was an amazing lot. And I'm like, no, but everything didn't change. And again, I had just started taking so much of my self-worth as my, my work as my self-worth. And so when one thing didn't go wrong, I like, I took July off July. I relaunched in June. July was my worst month that I'd had in like two or three years. That is how bad, like, they, I was like, oh, I was on this upward trajectory. And then I relaunched and cool, crash, crash awful. That number still haunts me. I know the exact number of income I brought in that month. And it is like, nope, 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 (laughs) nope. Um, and yeah, you just have to like, again, at that point I need to take some time for myself. And I took August, I took one month. I was like, okay. Um, I know I have this teach, like I have some stuff scheduled in August. That's definitely not canceling. So I could kind Mm -hmm. of step back a little bit and take a month and again, return to that massive, intense self-care, return to, and business strategist dommed me again in this moment and was like, you need to separate this out because if you keep, if every up and down in your business is an up and down in your life and your emotions and your body, like you're, you're fucked basically. Right. Basic. And so for me, it was like, okay, I need to return to some basics. What's a small promise I could keep for myself every day. So I could start reconnecting to my sense of self beyond hi, I'm Kate CEO. Yep. And I, and I love that. So I'm gonna bring up a few points that you mentioned. The yeah, first I know. One we, is, we meandered. <laughs> no problem. The first one you mentioned was, um, the person that said she like made up an assistant and guys take this as a tip. I've made up assistants. And then I, when I do have real assistants, it's easier to say, Hey, this is the assistant stuff. Like here's the, the whole curriculum. Here's the email. But then, you know, on occasion, like I've had assistance for like a year, six months at a time, but then I could then easily like separate because before it was just like everyone thinking, oh, they have direct access to me. And like, I had to separate from my brain, even though it's like a lot to do with me. I had to let people know, like, you cannot call me at these Mm. hours. You cannot reach Mm. me. It might say I'm online, but that's not me. That's somebody else tweeting, posting, liking, sharing. Mm -hmm. It ain't me. So, and even if on times when like things are slower and it is me, it's still not me. Not me. (laughs) It's not me. So just like, that's a big tip for you guys. You know, it doesn't take a lot of you to create a second email and be your own assistant until you have Mm -hmm. the income to get an assistant. And if that person has to go, you know, have an assistant, you all need an assistant. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that you mentioned is just like, taking the sabbaticals and taking time away from the business. Cause like, let, you know, in the big picture, 10 years, and then let's say you have been out right for two years, if you add up all the time or even three years, that still leaves the majority of your business with you in it and going on the cycles and doing the up and downs and fighting, fighting the craziness. Um, I recently listened to, um, Oprah's WW tour where she had like Michelle Obama on it and Michelle, they were, she was discussing like, you know, her uh, marriage with Obama and, um, well, Barack, because they're. <laughs> I know, I know. It's that's like not his Michelle name. Obama and Obama. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I got yeah. you. Um, Barack Obama, and she was saying that you know, in every like people oftentimes like look at marriage, and she was saying like how authentic she was in her book, becoming of like the fact they had to go to marriage counseling and like fertility issues. She was saying like if you're if they've been married, I think it was like forty years, and it's like even if ten percent of that forty years, even like twenty percent of that forty years was not good overall the majority of it has been great and with life you're gonna have those ups and downs and like taking a break when you need to and stepping back because if you didn't step back and like kind of ran through those you know the two years if we had it all up 
your company probably would have just ended at like two years or five mm-hmm. years versus like having the longevity because yeah. of those breaks and like step, stepping back and yeah. having the assistant and having, yeah. you know, separating yourself from the brand and just really saying, yeah. you know, this is the business and I'm over here. And it, you know, oftentimes in like early stage businesses and I've had, you know, folks talk about it a lot and I've experienced it where it's like, oh, that's my baby. It's so much of a part of me. If it's not doing well, I'm not doing well. If I'm not making money, if the business is not making money, I can't breathe. I can't think. I can't talk. I'm just, nope. Like your whole status is nope. And so mm-hmm. just, you know, learning from early um, for those listening out there, like figuring out little ways you could start separating yourself mm-hmm. from the business because the more you get tied into it, you know, once you start growing, people don't want to deal with like an assistant or like another team member or a partner you might have in the business. They just want to deal with you. And mm-hmm. there's only enough of you to go around. And if you have, you know, a partner, family life, kids, even if you don't, you want to travel, you want to do anything, you can't even go on vacation because Mm-hmm. There's, no, you know, people don't want to respect your out of office, like reach out to XYZ on my team. They're like, nope, I want this person. And we've seen people like that. They'll go to a company, go to a store. Mm-hmm. If if Jim is not here, I don't want to deal with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like Jim is on vacation for six months. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you will not be serviced at this point. Yeah. So just recognizing and trying to figure out ways early on. So it's, again, mm. a tip is an assistant and figuring out systems that, you know, to separate yeah. yourself. Don't overly put yourself into it because you mm-hmm. have, you know, if you want to grow, you yeah. have to separate. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me, right, I'm, I'm in the literally the business of pleasure. So for me, it's always how can I infuse more pleasure in my work day to day, even in the stuff that isn't particularly fun for me? And then also, how can I make sure that I'm having those pleasurable moments outside of work? So one of one of the ways I've done this within my work is I've ritualized my bookkeeping and you will bookkeeping will probably be the last thing I outsource because I love it now. (laughs) Love, love it. Because what I did was I'm in this small like accountability group, just very informal. And we started doing finance Fridays. And so I've created this whole really pleasurable ritual around it. I light a candle. I grab some sort of drink. Some Fridays it's alcohol, some Fridays it's tea, right? Like it just, it just depends on the week. Let's yep. be real, right? <laughs> I, I pick like a drink that's a, that feels like a treat. I put on some really like nice music. I think they're the, the one I'm obsessed with. Hold on, I'm going to tell you all because it's a great playlist for working. Some, some money making music. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's actually not because what I realized for me is that money was such a charged issue that I needed like Ooh. grounding, like really grounding. So there's a playlist on Google music or Google play, whatever the hell it's called, um, called mystical muses. <laughs> and it is giving me, write right that now. down. Mystical um, muses. so I usually do like a mellow indie, like, right. Like I'm looking at this. So it's like mystical muses, mellow indie winter unplugged in your autumn sweater. So I choose these like very cozy playlists. I know there's, I love the names on Google Play. I really do. But like, you see the theme there, right? It's like very cozy, very comforting, very grounding music. I light a candle and then I dive in. And so, and in those moments, and I do it almost as a meditation, right? Because stuff comes up. The, the, the accounting sessions where I've like killed it. I'm like, yeah, I killed it. Right. And now I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to like, I did good. That says nothing about me. And that way on the weeks, I haven't done as well, right? Where the numbers are not showing. I'm still like, like it still hurts. I'm not going to lie. I haven't fully achieved that separation yet. Because I've virtualized it, because I've created a container for it, it kind of stays there. And I'm able to, within that container, ride the waves in a way that I wasn't when I was just like, oh, I'm just going to like try and do this thing now. (laughs) So where we can create ritual and where we can infuse ritual with with comfort and pleasure, particularly around the stuff that challenges us the most, 
magic really does happen. Right. And like my taxes are, you know, like my bookkeeping is always done now because I look, and now I look forward to it. Like Friday afternoons, I do my bookkeeping and I love it. And everyone is thinking I'm insane right now. Like, who is this lady? But I'm just saying, give it a try. And it doesn't have to be bookkeeping, right? Like it can be anything that you do. So from the other one, I will say, because we're talking about misadventures, right? In the spirit of transparency, the one I haven't tackled is follow-up. I hate follow-up. I suck at follow-up. I'm going to just name it, right? I probably have lost, I don't even want to think about the amount of money I have lost because of my hatred of doing follow-up. Right. Um, it was, it's the first task I'm outsourcing. Um, so I haven't quite figured it around that yet, but as I'm talking, I'm like, I should just do the same thing. I should just choose a day and do all my follow-up and let that be that. Um, right. But infusing that pleasure, uh, a coach once shared with me too. Um, we were, we were talking about the session that we were having. She was talking about like the exhale and how the exhale is where we find like our release, but also our release. And also you can't make a sounding exhale without it sounding slightly sexual <laughs> if you're listening slash watching go ahead and try it and you will like even if you giggle right like any there's not really a way to do it without our brains coding it as a little sexy so sometimes i'm like doing emails and just like <sighs> yeah, okay. right and it's so silly but it breaks you out it helps to hit like the brakes on your stress and mm-hmm. it just is a moment of like pleasure into a very mundane path Gives a, it makes it a little juicy. I'm like, why not? Why not? Send better emails, guys. Just exhale a bit. <laughs> just have big, deep exhales, slightly sexual sounding exhales. Yeah, just have some Serena Williams, like the tennis. Like the, that's like a big one for folks, like the tennis in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. So we're coming to the end now. And the question I usually like to leave um, the audience with is for the guests to say, just one piece of advice or homework or a thing that if they got nothing at all from this episode, which I'm pretty sure they got a lot from, what would that be? What piece of information, advice, task, thing that you want the audience to go out there and do with uh, the knowledge that you've shared? Yeah. I think it's actually going to go back to that last point. of take Take a part of your business and your work that you resist, you avoid, you put off and create some sort of pleasurable ritual around it. And it key is pleasurable. So you want this to feel good in your body. You want this to have a boundary around it, which is why like lighting a candle at the beginning and blowing it out is so powerful because it's symbolic. But yeah, take that task that you put off. And I'm, I'm challenging myself to do this as follow-up. You know, like I, I'm being honest because I'm really bad at it. I'm like, I have the Airtable spreadsheet and I don't do it. I would never go into it. Um, so like take that task that you always put off, that you always resist, that you hate doing, that maybe you're not very good at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Customer service. <laughs> not supposed to say that, but it's fucking true. That's why I hired an assistant. And create a ritual around it that is pleasurable. Do you? Figure it out for yourself. Steal mine if you want. Um, yeah. I think mean, that's it. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for being here with us, Kate. You've shared a lot. Guys, get some pleasure into your life and your work. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Bye. Bye. All right. So we're going to cut the episode there, but this is like the outtakes. Um, Thank you so, so much for being here. And that was like great. That was amazing. (laughs) So what are you working on like now? Is there anything like big coming up? 
Yeah. So right now I realized in March I'm somehow promoting three major things and I don't know <laughs> why I did that to myself. Um, so right now the two big ones are one, my, my counseling doors are opening again, uh, which they were kind of closed for the beginning of the year and now they're, they're reopening. So definitely looking forward to bringing in some new counseling and coaching clients. Nice. Uh, and the second thing is we did this really cool uh, survey at the end of last year, beginning of this year, there was a visioning survey. And so I published the big results of that two weeks ago. And so like mid, what was that? Like mid February. And we are doing this big, re- we heard you campaign oh, highlighting nice. verses that we already have because the, one of the biggest takeaways kind of from our end was that the things people are asking for were things we already have which means nice. we not, we're not doing a good job. And I wrote, like, I was very open in the piece that I published about the results saying, <laughs> there you go. Uh, like, what this tells us is that we are doing a disservice, mm-hmm. right? We are not doing a good job. So we, in, it's called the We Heard You campaign, and basically we're spending some time just letting people know, like, we heard what you asked for. Here's what we have. Here's what we're going to create. So that's March is focused on the number one thing people asked for were, was like an ebook slash workbook slash some kind of book mm-hmm. on communicating about sex. And we already have that. So we're really focusing on pushing that because it's something that people want and don't know that we have and we have it. So yay. Nice. Yeah. So that and counseling are the big ones. I also have an event coming up this, like one of my signature events coming up. Um, which requires promotion, obviously, but feels a little less. It's kind of it's one it's a one time thing, so like it feels less um, with both the counseling and the and the we heard you campaign. That's like all, like long, longer yeah. lasting, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And like at the events, is it is it like you do like workshops and then like you're also like selling and like folks who like purchase like yeah. toys and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it just depends on the type. This okay. one is my monthly women's group. It's called Coffee Cables and Conversation. And so this is, yeah. <laughs> this like is it took a little second bit. to process. I'm like, wait. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So this one is kind of more of a like women's group blending like spirituality and sensuality um, okay. and like sexual health and wellness and, and spirituality and whatnot. So we come together as a community to support and uplift one another and also just have really open, honest conversations about whatever is happening, including sex. Because what I've seen is that a lot of the new moon groups and a lot of the women's groups, like they'll talk about these issues, they'll talk about like stuff, but they won't talk about sex or they'll talk about wellness and spirituality and witchiness, but they don't talk about it from any sort of intersectional standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's kind of the space that I, that I feel like we, we differ is we're always kind of uplifting each other to be better across the board. So if someone says something that no one in who like especially the regulars who've been coming for a while like we're happy to correct or like every now and then you know someone will get misgendered and we just right it just gets taken care of in the moment or things like that so um yeah it's it's a good it's a good group and I I was doing it monthly and I cut it back to every other month so I'm excited um like I haven't seen anyone in two months now and I'm like oh my god I can't wait to see people <laughs> nice, nice. And then I think, like you said, like sex is still like a scary topic. Like even just saying the word in like a public space, you're like, "Shh, what are you talking mm-hmm. about?" Not me, not me. What are you talking about? Yeah, but then, like, no. but 
and it's like so embedded in like so so, so much content. Like after I was looking at the, like even like non-sexual content, like embed mm-hmm. sex, like you know, um, like the Casper mattresses. Like when you're on the train, mm-hmm. you see like all these like innuendos, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, like you the know, dog sh- food, like everything. Yeah. The new Street Easy ads, have you seen them on the oh, subway? Oh my god, like, I thought the Street Easy ads was? were like a nostalgic like sex movie. Oh, <laughs> what is so those and I will say the new um I posted about the new okay cupid ads I'm oh, obsessed yeah. with them those and are I'm obsessed they're so good and I love how they're just like right because okay capitalism it's not ethical there's no way blah 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 but like also advertising is part of what shapes our understanding mm-hmm. of the world and so I like the one that's like listens to uh NPR and is into like BDSM I'm like yes thank you for like fucking up these narratives I'm always <laughs> about like how can we fuck up the narrative because and just, it's the real it's, it's the truth and then exactly. people feel like they have to hide either side you know for the person yeah. that's like more you know open and like yeah. out there they feel like if they you don't know, have interest in like news and politics they don't feel like they're you know like the the idea mm-hmm. of like the, the dumb blonde right like yeah you know, legally blonde was like a great example of that where yeah. she yeah she's like the beauty Bless. and everything and but she's also wants to be smart and pursue like a mm-hmm. career but people felt like they had to put her in this box so like mm-hmm. just realizing that like boxes don't exist and yeah. that you know we put ourselves in like these imaginary boxes and feel and then once we get to stand mm-hmm. up we're like wait so there wasn't a box the whole time mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah realizing that yeah for sure awesome so yeah i'm gonna head off because i think uh i should have an 11 o'clock too but i'm not sure okay. if she's gonna be able to make it once everything is set i'll send you the content for the um okay. the marketing and then we'll follow okay. up to that yeah i was gonna say and then for well there i'm assuming there'll be like my links and stuff yeah everything like your links that okay. you submitted so did you submit the form oh i think sh- i did <laughs> so one of my colleagues is here she has a question um you're like hey hello what's up we would be really good friends like, yeah i'm always looking for new friends hi but friends i was gonna ask you about the women's group because i was like looking for a group like that because i yeah like things don't get deep and dark enough like yeah. from like a spiritual we, realm like we, you know we get I mean? deep and dark it's sometimes like, it's, it's like light work you know it's like light work really high level like you know no, so no. yeah so i'm kind of over that and i was yeah. just talking to her before about like living my life along my cycles but I was wondering what where is your women's group and stuff yeah I'm like I live with my I'm totally I'm like I booked this for when I was like follicular ovulating because I'm like yeah Bleh. and I've literally my, it just makes sense you're in a it good does energy. my bleed ended last yeah. week and I've just been like a spontaneous social butterfly right. um, so I'm up in West Harlem um and so this month is gonna be at my place in West Harlem we're kind of we're going old school this month back to my Yay. apartment can I join yeah. Of course, I, I, I could do. Joined. I could do like an email um, yeah. intro, and if you could share the inform- information yeah. there. Why don't you do that? Yeah, because I know you have to go. Connect us. I'll send you the link. Um, it's not even. I haven't even published it yet, but it's the it, the twenty first, whatever that Saturday is. Twentieth, twenty first, that Saturday. Um, at in West Harlem, yeah, oh, right near the you. ABCD. So yeah, okay. Bye. I know you have to go. Um, thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure. Bye. Have a good Bye. day. Bye. You Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week, same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing. This has been a Gifted Sounds podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. For more podcasts, please visit giftedsounds.com.